We were lucky enough to get a little bit of time with Quinton Blair. We talked a lot, uh, almost an hour, about his uh, million-dollar initiative, new music, tour dates, and uh, just life in general, including wrapping up uh, what was a lengthy run with the Music Minute, and we even got a live version of his new song, Something to Me. Uh, Quentin and I started our conversation by talking about uh, how he's got a team around him now and how it really hasn't changed him. I've never been the artist to want to be, I've never wanted to be Brad Paisley or Brett Kissel or kind of be this export artist. I'm I'm just always focused around here. So um, to build a team here is really kind of important to me. I find that very, uh, it's a very unique way of thinking because when you hear team, you think, you know, like that's, that's a, a bigger thing. Like, but like you, you were saying, your heart's always here in, in the prairies and it's, here, it's, you know, it's grassroots and mm-hmm. it's a big part of who you are and it's something you're very aware of. And as you've gotten more into, mu- like into the music game and, and into that life, is that something you've had to cling on to or has it just been something that's always been a part of you? Well, I, I, think, it's, I think it's forced to be a part of you because what you realize or what I like, I kind of walk that line between kind of that I'm not quite mainstream country and I'm not quite folk. Mm-hmm. And so I don't fit into either one of those kind of camps and what ended up happening was I had to become comfortable with who I was and understand what I needed to do in order to succeed as a musician so as that kind of happens you begin to go okay well I'm not going to get a record deal from a folk label I'm not going to get a record deal from a country label do I even want to have a record I don't even want that actually so how do I handle what I've what I do want like what my vision is and then how do I build that team around it and just kind of all came together and I'm really happy with where things are at right now. All right, so what is your vision? Well, Manitoba, I would say in a nutshell. And the reason that I say that, the reason that I love this province so much is, you know, we play these corn dog fairs and rodeos all over the province. Now, what that means is we drive some amazing highways that a lot of people don't get to see or a lot of people don't know about. And you find these amazing little gems all over the province that make you fall in love with the, your own province. I don't, I have no, I don't even have a travel desire. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I like to go west. I like to go to the Rockies a little bit and stuff like that. But I'm not, I, I don't have that travel bug outside of Manitoba. But I would go see, go skiing at Pumpkin Creek tomorrow again if I could because this beautiful little gravel road ski co-op in Rose Isle where you pay your $70 family membership and you get free rentals and access to all these groom trails it's like the most beautiful thing ever and if i hadn't been a traveling musician i never would have stumbled upon it and so there's those kinds of places all over manitoba and so as far as my vision goes it's rural manitoba it's just being a part of that landscape at, at a deeper level and it's that's not just lip service. You really you really live that from uh, from whether you're on the stage or off. You're a man of the land. You're a man of the people, mm-hmm. and you really believe that in this new initiative that you've uh, undertaken. Which, when you when you say it in a sentence, it sounds like a an incredible thing. So tell us a little bit about this initiative. Well, so I was I was talking with Sean Cote. So she's the one who does my marketing. Um, we started working together, or talking about working together in probably about September. And in October, we're starting to kind of hatch this idea for a bunch of these different shows that we're looking at putting on. And then that blizzard hits. And she lives up in Ericsdale. She was without power for eight days. And through that, she still had her cell phone. And we're, we're, <laughs> we're still working, which you're is still, the crazy You're draining part. her battery. Yeah, I exactly. like that. Can't yeah, yeah. charge the thing, That's but right, Quentin's yeah. draining it. But, but all of a sudden, you know, we said, we're, we're planning this show up in Ericsdale. Um, I actually don't want to have it as just a show anymore. 
I think this is actually an opportunity that we can raise some money for disaster relief because there's a lot of people who are affected by that. So maybe this is a way that we can do it. And then as we started talking about it, um, I just blurted it out going, I bet you we can make a million dollars for rural Manitoba by doing shows like this. And that's a terrible thing to say to the girl who's in charge of your marketing. <laughs> and she's like, you said it, put your money where your mouth is, now let's go and do it. And so we spent the next couple of months going, how, 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 how? And now we've kind of figured out the how, and now we're kind of launching it. But that's a huge, like, like I lose sleep at night actually already over the number of zeros that I have committed to. But I gave myself a window. I said, I want to make a million dollars before I retire. And then I got a bunch of Facebook messages saying, you're retiring? I'm like, yeah, no, yeah when I'm 80. So like, it's, it's like. Yeah, everybody I, I, thinks you want to make a million dollars by next month. That's right. Yeah. No, no. no. I'm, I'm, I kind of gave myself a 40-year window. <laughs> I mean, my stretch goal is seven years. If I can hit seven years, I'd be really happy. Um, but even if it's 10, 12, 15, 40, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just have that now as part of that social conscience going, when we're playing, I want to support somebody. And, and really, it came from. When you travel around to all these amazing places, as soon as you start to talk to people, you learn that every community has a need. And whether it's, you know, in Treehern, they got, they got to do repairs on the pool, or in Marchand, they need a new uh, roof for the community club, or um, in, in McGregor, the RM of North Norfolk, they want to build a transportation corridor, a green transportation corridor connecting McGregor to Austin to Sydney for people to snowmobile and hike and ride their bikes and kind of get into nature. I'm like, it's, it's amazing how it doesn't matter what that cause is. Every town that you go to has somebody who's doing something good for the community, and we just want to be a part of that. Talking with Quinton Blair here on the Steinbeck Online podcast, I have so many questions that are attached to this now. Uh, number one being, just because you make a million dollars, even if you were to do it uh, tomorrow, that doesn't mean you make a million and you retire, right? Yeah. Like you, you hope to accomplish this goal before you retire, it's not the goal you set, then you'll retire. Right. Yeah, if there's somebody out there who goes, I really don't like this guy, here's a million dollars, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. You might do it for a million bucks, though. I, well, <laughs> I, you know, it, you know, probably what happened, it'd be kind of like the George Strait retirement, where you announce to everyone <laughs> I'm retiring, you go on a retirement tour, and then like you release a song two days later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, sorry, I couldn't do it. I can't wait to talk about new music, but I want to talk more about this initiative. Mm -hmm. So your goal is to raise a million dollars for Manitoba. Rural Manitoba. For yeah. rural Manitoba. Yeah. You talk about some areas where, where you know there's needs. A mm -hmm. million dollars goes quick when yeah. it's in a pile and you start divvying it up to places. Yep. How do you plan on doing that once you've achieved this goal? I know we're looking down the road maybe a couple of years, mm -hmm. but how do you plan to divvy this up and achieve this goal? Well, see, it's it's not like I'm not a charity and I'm not a nonprofit. It's, it actually does not involve me in taking the money or okay. taking the money, okay? So what it ends up doing is I'm facilitating the event. I'm running with the marketing. I'm running with the ticket sales. I'm running with this full-blown steamboat that's Steamboat? Who says steamboat? That doesn't it's, move very like, fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they're powerful. Boy, are they. Woo, yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah, but what Steam a train. terrible analogy. I'm trying to come in with like, a, like a, a train. Like a locomotive. A locomotive. All right. You know, it's just a different kind of whistle. <laughs> you gotta. He keeps saying whistle and he keeps pulling this imaginary <laughs> jawstring. <laughs> and you can tell I'm not a truck driver because I keep doing it with my right hand. You know, I'm pretty sure that it's on the left it hand. Is. Is I'm the, so yeah. glad you never change. Like, we may not see you for months on end, but you never change. Okay, yeah. so you, you have nothing to do with the actual money i'm not managing anybody's money right okay no i'm i'm working together with with um usually they'll have a small board that they kind of put together for this and then i'll work with them 
to make something happen. And then the way that we'll track it, like I want to know how they did, right. but I didn't bring in that money. Like right. I'm not, I'm not personally. Taking so that they money. see the money that they will use for their specific project. Yeah. You take that total, yeah. which you never do see, yeah. and add it to what you hope to eventually yeah. ra- be a million dollars. It's kind of like, like we're just like, like sharing the the balance sheet kind of. Right. Thing. That's what I want to know. How how successful were we? And I, and I want to take that so they can learn and go. Okay, this community did this much money. This is how they did it. How can I help community B now? reach that same target. And then we've got sort of like three different partnership levels. Like if you want to make a little bit of money, here's how we make a little bit of money. If you want to make quite a bit of money, here's how you make quite a bit. And if you want to make a lot of money, well, this is how we make a lot of money for you. So it's kind of like, like pick your way. And for, for me as an artist, the way that I, that I get to win, because a lot of people want to know what's your stake in it kind of thing. It's like, I get to play good shows for good people. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to. And you're, you're, you know where the money's going. Like, yeah, it's not necessarily feel, going into a pocket. It's going into somewhere where you know it's making a difference. You feel good about at least what you're going out and doing. Yeah. It's not an easy struggle, uh, you know, kind of going out and being a musician and all the legwork that goes into it on right. the night kind of thing. But and Like, people don't see the legwork that goes on. I've seen you do your shows where you've done a solo. I've seen you do your trio, and I've seen you do the full yeah. five-piece. Yeah. I've seen you set up your own lights. Like, I've seen you... Haul in equipment, haul out your merch. Yeah. Set up like I've seen you do that it's in years a, past. A show, well, we still do it. It's, a show is ten hours. We load in at the venue at two, and we're usually trying to get out of there by midnight, one o'clock. Like, yeah, like it's it's not always glamorous. Like people who come to see your show show up at you know eight thirty, yeah. and they enjoy you till midnight. Yeah. They don't realize you're there till three o'clock in the morning, Absolutely. still tearing down. And then you're staying at some dive motel yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and you're going, how how can I even? I can't even drive home now because I'm so exhausted. From all this work that we're doing, so but you do it for the love of the music and for the love of the community. Absolutely, and that's yeah. really what this initiative is, is really have coming to down do to. That. Like, I no. don't, I don't have to bring the lights. I don't have to have the nice PA. I don't have to travel with a sound tech. I don't have to bring the big band. But it's kind of one of those things that's going like, like I can, I have the, I have the ability to to hire the right people. I can, I can source the equipment. Why wouldn't I do that? I mean, it just makes it so that it's such. Much more of a memorable event. Totally. It comes and again, to. like, uh, this is your story, but you can relate this to so many artists across Manitoba and of Canada. Yeah. The, the, this is what they do. This is, this is part of being a musician, yeah. And a lot of the times, let's be honest, an artist goes to play in a show, somebody else is making money. Right. That's somebody, <laughs> else, somebody else is getting the money, oh, not just the, the artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is your way of not only, you know, having yours, getting yours, but also making sure that money goes to the right places and helping people in maybe, the community. Maybe in, in a way, yeah, it allows me to maybe control who who is making money off of me. Maybe that's what it is. And do you think this brings you closer to communities? Because now, like, you know, like, if like, like you talked about, you know, places like Marchand or, or, or Treehearn. Mm-hmm. When you drive past them now and, and, you know, you've helped out certain projects, does that just make you even more Manitoban? I, I don't know if it makes you more. Maybe that's just part of being Manitoban. I don't know if that's maybe what the answer would be. I don't feel that that I mean because we've been playing charities and benefits for that's part of being a musician. You do that stuff. Yeah. And so we've been we've been doing that kind of stuff for years. I've just never thought to to kind of figure out what what kind of end value are we providing to the people, like, right? To 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 the the people in these all these communities that I love to drive through and I love to be a part of. Um, you know, are we helping some guy after his his house burned down? Or are we helping some guy after you know that some some person in the community? you know, achieve some kind of goal that they wanted to have. And a lot of times, like when you talk to the communities, we were actually another part of how this, how this came about was we were playing a shop party in Treehern and I guess it was, it was cold already. So it must've been that early October era or, or time frame. And, um, 
you just start talking to people. They're kind of having this great shop party and having fun and yeah, whatever. Yep. And they're going, oh man, we should, we should, you know, the, the pool in town really needs some help. And I said, why don't we come back and do something and help the pool? And, you know, but it starts with, with like a private party that turns into, hey, let's do something here. So. And then all of a sudden you just blurt out, hey, let's raise a million dollars. Hashtag in for a mill. See, what? I love that. So what, who, did you come up with that? Just, yeah, just the other day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, you, for sometimes you put your foot in your mouth. Other times you come up with some pretty great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so tell us about this new hashtag. Well, ba- basically it's just that's the way that people can kind of be in, in the conversation. And so, you know, if, if, We'll see kind of like a hashtag can kind of take on its own little life, right? So we'll kind of see what happens with it. But I was just, uh, you know, looking for ways for people to get involved in the project. Because obviously they can call us to come to their community. They can buy tickets to come to a show. It, you know, corporate corporate sponsors can come on board too and say, hey, where can we direct some stuff and, and help you out? So that's cool. And then, um, you know, we, we've got like a... Um, like a subscription-based thing. If people want to kind of partner with us on a monthly basis, they can do things like that. Um, but then I wanted something that was just easy on social media that people can feel a part of the conversation as well. So I love that because you talk about being able to help certain areas and you talk about how Ericsdale didn't have power. Uh, we had uh, issues with flooding all yeah. over southeastern Manitoba this year and we maybe will again. Yep. And uh, issues continue to come up and, and places that maybe get damaged and, and kind of fall by the wayside don't have that support. And mm-hmm. this is a... A cool way to to have that, yeah, and and, it, and you get to put on a great show as well, and that's really what you love to do. I, and I, I basically feel like a facilitator. That's what it is. I'm facilitating an opportunity to have a cause, have it, have you know, put a call out. And uh, like you said, you're you're you you stress about this a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, last night I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about the number of zeros that I committed to. Because I, like I take it seriously. It's not just like a, hey. Let's get people talking and then walk away from it kind of thing. So Yeah, and so I, I understand how that's a big weight on your shoulders. How have you dealt with that since? Because I know it's only come out recently, but this has been planned for a while. Yeah. But so has it been wearing on you? Well, when we were planning it, no one was talking about it. So <laughs> it doesn't affect you the same way. And now all of a sudden, because people are talking about it, now it's like I better, you know, really get this right. And that's uh, that's a lot of pressure on you. So, like, have you... Have you been able to talk it out? Like, how does how does your support team around you kind of deal with all of this? Yeah, we've definitely um, been talking about kind of just what's the uh, the pros and the cons, or how we're going to handle just different situations and stuff. But uh, it, it, for the most part, I think we've got it got it dialed in. So, all right. So, has, has anybody like just uh, you know playfully jabbed at you a little bit about this? Like, I know you're a little bit stressed, but uh, maybe a little bit, like like a few people like they're like hashtag big time and like, it's like oh you're you're a real like a cool million hey eh? that's what you're gonna go and get but for the most part i mean my friends know me and they know too that that, that i can handle that kind of uh can you hear the song i'm playing in the background right now no i don't have my headphones on if i had a million dollars wow yeah, I was waiting the whole time to just be able to play that song. Just oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's I thought perfect. that was good. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, talking with Quentin Blair on the Steinbeck Online Podcast. Uh, Q, it's always great to have you in and talking about uh, this initiative, of course, and we can't wait to continue to follow it along. Uh, let's talk music. Mm-hmm. That's really what uh, we love to do. And uh, so not only do you launch this initiative, you think that's not enough. Let's make a let's have a new song out there as well. But it couldn't be more fitting. It's really true. Well, here's the thing. So the song that's coming out is a song called Something to Me. And it's it's basically, I wrote it about Landmark. And 
how like there's just so much in a community or in, an, in like in a region even or in a province that other people kind of bypass and so you, you know people in Toronto go that's a bunch of nothing but the hook in the song is that all that nothing actually means something to me and so it's so interesting that this initiative would come out right alongside that um, song because it's actually that song actually embodies exactly what this initiative is all about so. It's and it's really true, and you you talk about it from Landmark, which is great because that's where I grew up, mm-hmm. and uh, so that of course will always hit home. But you can take that song and you can supplant it into any smaller community yeah. across southeastern it's Manitoba. A prairie, it's a love song for the prairies, right? Because it, unless you're from there and you grew up there, maybe you don't get it. Mm-hmm. But if you did and you do understand it, mm-hmm. it means everything. Absolutely, and th- and that's that whole feeling of saying, how many times do you do you hear about s- someone who grows up in a small town or in the prairies or whatever? And then moves to the big city, and then actually moves back to go. There's something good going on here. That's just a part of me. So. Yeah, there's a part. There's a piece of you that stays, mm-hmm. and, and then you miss it, and you don't really understand it's not there until you leave. Absolutely, because and I, it, it is, it's small town living. Everybody wants to go to the big city. Yeah, like every kid, whether you're in Landmark, whether you're in Ericsdale, whether you're in Wing, you want to move to a big city mm-hmm. and try and you know be a big dog. Yeah. Then you end up getting there, and it's not all it's cracked up not to all, be. And it's funny, too, because I grew up in Winnipeg, which would be like a big, small town. Yeah. You know, as far as the global A million stages. people is, yeah. is a lot to like people like us. I got every one of those people to give me $1. This <laughs> thing would be over. You would sleep tonight <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, that's such a reachable goal, actually. Yeah, now that you put it. <laughs> now that you put it that way. But, but so I grew up, but, but my family has all these farming roots attached to us. So it's interesting that from... Like, from the time I was seven, I knew that I didn't fit in in that environment, even though it's just that big, small town kind of thing. I knew that I was moving, as, as, I was born to be living a rural lifestyle. So that's kind of how my story would, would evolve from Winnipeg. And sometimes people are like, ah, oh, city boys. And I'm like, eh, barely. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was my postal code for the first 18 years of my life. But I knew already that I was going to leave and, and find, find this connection to to just a rural lifestyle so it's coming home that's right it's coming home and i didn't even live there and you didn't know didn't even know uh, no but but (laughs) it's one of those things where it's just kind of wrapped its its embrace around you never let you go but that's that song though that's that is what it is you see the sun come up and it goes back down you don't even need to get out of town and so it's it's yeah i wrote it down in tennessee actually speaking of never being a traveler yeah really uh, yeah (laughs) I wrote it down to, and and uh, the the fellow that I wrote it with uh, Ashley Robertson, who's a Winnipeg girl. Fantastic. Yeah. And How's the, she doing? She's living down in Tennessee now. Oh, great! All those things. Yeah. No kidding. So uh, so she lives down there, uh, and uh, Kenny Foster, who's a great Nashville-based songwriter. So the three of us sat down and and co-wrote, and, and Kenny's like, "Tell me what it's like to to live where you live." And I said, "Honestly, man, I can drive. I, I think I just come back from a show in Jasper, so I just wrote." Drove from Winnipeg or from Landmark to Jasper, back to Landmark, and then went to Tennessee. And he's like, "What's it like?" And I said, "It's a lot of hours down a lonely highway. It's just like, you know, you're driving at at difficult hours. You're two o'clock in the morning. You're going, I I got to still keep pressing on." And so that's where the song came about. And then I explained that I lived in the geographical center of Canada, <laughs> and I'm one right hand turn away from downtown Calgary. And <laughs> But that's the truth, though, right? It really is when you think about it. Is it weird explaining it to someone who who maybe doesn't live it? Like you talk about it, trying to explain it to, to to Mr. Foster. I try to explain it with respect because I don't want to be going that if you don't get it, then you're mi-. like I don't want to be coming across 
sort of arrogantly like that. Right, because you don't want to alienate anybody. Yeah, I want everyone to listen to the song. I want my... Right, my, my and whether point. you are from a big city or a small town, whether you're uh, you know, a, a city folk or, or a country bumpkin, mm-hmm. you can relate to this song. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's, it's about home. It's where your heart is, where your soul is, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the country. You can pick out little places of, of where you love. Yeah, yeah, and it's about finding peace yeah. in, in that too, yeah. right? So like that's, that's, you know that, that time in, in the summertime when you're driving and the moonlight hits the, the green wheat field and turns it a silvery color. I'm like, oh, man, silver-kissed wheat in the moonlight. That is beautiful. It's a good line. It's in the song. That's yeah. a good, that's a good line in the song. <laughs> uh, so you release, uh, it's out now, right? Well, only on radio. Only it, on radio. Oh, it's, it's only hitting radio for this, this, starting this week, and then you can stream it starting February the 29th. So it's kind of still just just getting its, its legs out there this week, and then we'll, uh, yeah, so spin it away, and, and it's, it's a great Valentine's lead-up, you know, a love song for the prairies and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, stream it February 29th, which is coincidentally the same day that we're going to play at the Met, which is a beautiful 100-year-old theater in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. We're doing a prairie barn dance. Um, so it's us and the Foster Martin Band. The entire main floor is a dance floor. So it's going to be this, it's like a massive dance hall. It's going to be fantastic. That's the first day you can stream the single. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, you bring the five-piece there that night? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's going to be... They, that's a huge a five piece is, is something you don't see very much nowadays. I don't I don't bring the five piece. I mean because of the cost on it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's it's just a matter of going like there's like when you do a like a show with three people, we can do the tech ourselves. We can yeah. hang the lights, we can run the PA and all that kind of stuff. As soon as you get to five, it's more. So now we've got a lighting <laughs> tech and now we've got a um, a sound tech and now yeah. you know it's like it's Well like trying a, to balance five is a whole lot different than trying to balance three. Yeah. Well five five yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then but now it's like now it's two vehicles going down the road, and it's double the hotel costs. And, yeah. it's, you know, and, double and guys the, don't work for free. No one works for free <laughs> in this business. And then you're feeding everybody. And it's like it's like just the, the, the cost of bringing that act down the road versus a trio is so different. So, and the um, experience is different, too. Like, you get what you – like, for venues listening, you get what you pay for when you do the five-piece. Yeah. Like oh, it is – yeah, it's a little bit more, but, man, you These guys get, are just cooking. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. So I've got, uh, like, Brendan Thorvalson is my fiddle player, and so he's this award-winning fiddle player. Amazing Fantastic guy. guy. Yeah. a little bit out there, yeah. but he is he's a very nice— He's one of Tim and the Glory Boys. Right. Okay, so 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 it's funny that people go and they see my band, and they're going, oh, oh, two of the guys from Tim and the Glory yeah, Boys play for you. Yeah, it's like I, an all-star band But almost. I correct them very quickly, and I said, they played for me long before <laughs> they played for Tim. Tim actually has— Two of my guys. Yeah, playing that's, his, you, next time you see I, Tim, you tell him. I build a little fence around them, going like, "Hey, these are my friends first. But they're they're great, actually. We, and these these initiatives, we try to build around Tim's schedule. Okay. So that way, I can go with the same kind of group that that we we normally play with. Right, because they want to be a part of it just as much as you do. Oh yeah. Like that's the thing. Like you think it's not just you. It's it's like you said, your team around you, uh, and also the guys on stage with you. I mean, like these guys have performed with you for years. Now they've seen it. They're they're living it too. But they're but they're believing it too. That's, yeah, right. That's the thing. It's like it's not just like oh oh we got another show with Q. It's like oh goodness we got another show. Like let's this is going to be fantastic. Okay, rehearsals like this. Everyone shows up. They know their parts. And it's like this is this is how music is is best experienced as a frontman is when you have a, a group around you like what I've got. So um, yeah, Brenton plays plays fiddle. Uh, John, he's the he looks like Jesus. He does. He's I, got that big beard. Although he he trimmed the beard. He he did. Trim oh, the beard. did he? I, uh, yeah, much to my chagrin. <laughs> but uh, but he plays he plays bass with Tim and the Glory Boys. He also plays with me. Plays with uh, uh, Franny Klein. Lies as well. Poets right? and Lies. Yep. Franny Klein, the Jake Breaks. He's around. Like you've seen, and he stands out in a crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, like the nicest guy you could ever run yeah. into. Just so down to earth and humble. So smart. Yeah, just. And, 
it, quiet it's, confidence too. Like too, he's just a great, great yeah, guy. Great to hang, great guy to have in your team. And then uh, Mike Hebert plays drums, of course, from over Yonsey and Winkler, um, <laughs> and he's been a great, a great friend of mine for many, many years. And then Sean Borton from the Foster Martin Band now is wow. is playing with me, and he plays pedal steel, he plays banjo, he plays acoustic guitar, electric guitar, baritone guitar, sings background vocals, plays piano. I tried to get him to bring the saxophone out for these shows, <laughs> but it was only on one song. So we said, you know what? We'll just forget the saxophone. Maybe we'll put some more sax in on another. Now you have, you're not to have a song with sax in it. Yeah, that's right. Well, we we started playing uh, <laughs> "Swinging" from John Anderson. It's got hey. some sax, and I'm like, oh yeah. Now you're talking. But uh, we just decided to, to not not go down that road. But um, but no. So th- so it's kind of this 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 all star band that now fits around me, and then Adam Young, who's produced me for years. Fantastic. He, he's fantastic still sitting at the artist. control panel back in Winnipeg. Um, he's got a, a great gig as the uh, head engineer. I don't know if that's the right title or not, but at the University of Manitoba. So he's like recording oh, some good for him. world-class players right now, and it's kind of cool that he'll kind of take us on in the side gigs and, and still act as a that active member of the band, yeah. just not on the road with us. So I was lucky enough to catch up with him, I think, in Landmark a couple years ago and, and saw your show, and we were sitting around having a couple pops after. Super nice guy, super yeah. down-to-earth guy. Yeah. Uh, talking with Quentin Blair here on the Steinbeck Online Podcast. Uh, things in your, your personal life are going well. Let's delve into that a little bit. Daughter's doing good. Daughter's doing fantastic. Still loves the song about she, the boat. She just walks around singing. Her, her One of her favorite songs right now is, uh, well, she loves um, Gentle on My Mind, Glenn Campbell. Yeah. And uh, she loves, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. <laughs> and... Um, it ain't no place that I'd rather be next to you sitting next. There to you go. From Shenandoah. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> wow. We, we what w- an eclectic taste in music. <laughs> well, we went to we went to Winkler for the weekend. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to play in Russell, and actually something fell through with travel plans, and I had to cancel the show, and that's like the second show I've ever canceled in my life. That's got to suck. Yeah, but the part that really sucked is that it was at a hotel that has a water slide. And that was the part that hurt the most. Right, like, trying oh, to explain that. Uh, yeah, sorry about the show, but sorry, darling, the, exactly. the water slide you were looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, um, we we went to Winkler for the weekend, and had this great time. We went skiing at Pumpkin Creek, which is that that ski club that we're a part of. And uh, it's funny because like I can't get her to stop skiing. It's like <laughs> like we've been out here for two hours. Like what? I can't believe you still want to go. You're exhausted. You've you yeah, fallen I'm out enough. Of breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, she, she she does my social media videos like she's the one who like like holds the camera and stuff like that. So it's been great because because she'll like move the camera around sometimes and I'm I'm skiing up and I'm just out of breath and ha- having this little conversation with the camera and my daughter on the other end of the camera and she's just loving it. And then she's like, "Oh, there's a squirrel over here," so I pan to the side. <laughs> you are the best. But um, she comes by it honestly. Oh, yeah. She comes by it honestly. Fair enough. But uh, so yeah, so we went out to Winkler, and and then we just stayed at the hotel with the water slide, and just man, I, I don't, I don't know how many hours we spent, like spent in that pool, but it was a lot. But it was great. No, you know, we have this great time, and she's just singing away the entire time. So yeah, it's fun. I know that those moments mean a lot to you. Yeah, big time. And I can't wait till it's a nice outside and we get back into that horse trailer and and just go trail riding wherever and have have some of those kind of great moments too. And and hopefully this this initiative actually, if anything, on a personal level, takes the pressure off how many summer shows we have to play. Right. And kind of spreads them out into the winter months. And then that way just gives you know a few more weekends in the summertime to go and do fun stuff. Because I, I actually felt that this summer going, like. Summer just blitzed right by, and mm-hmm. she wants to ride in these horse shows, and we are, but it just makes 
you know, 10 times the driving for, for me to kind of make everything happen. So I want to be. Yeah. Be. And you know what? She's getting older too. And man, I looked at her last night <laughs> and putting her to bed and going, you're not a little girl for much longer. Like you're just, you're, you're growing. Like she's just gone through this growth spurt and her, her face has kind of changed a little bit. And you're just like, man, you're like, you're growing into, you know. And, and you know what? She's, as a person too, she's growing into the person she's going to kind of yeah, be. Yeah. And as a dad, it's, it's fun to sit back and watch. I'm sure, but a little scary at the same time. Yeah. But, but it's actually really fun to, to kind of talk to her about what we're doing with this initiative. Right. And, and you're, she's learning it along too. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all these shows are like, kid-friendly shows too so like if anything it's like it's fantastic that she gets to be a part of all this stuff all the time going forward it's not like it's oh you know i gotta go play in this venue where you know you can't come to it's like no actually come on be a part of it we're not playing late we're not you know this there's gonna be other kids there like my this band family yeah she just adores oh yeah so then the wives come and it's like no this is this is this is a family right it's a family that travels and it's a family show like Mm -hmm. that's really what it's all about Uh, you talk about limiting your summer shows. Hopefully that does not hurt some of the rodeos that you will be doing this year because I know the rodeo crowd loves you, Q. We'll definitely, we'll definitely still play, but I'll probably... Quentin, you're hurting. Man, you're, you know... I know you're hurting saying <laughs> this. I can tell you don't like this question. No, actually, pro- probably, the, and, and the honest truth is that it'll probably be... Like, I'll still play them, that's for sure. I'm not getting out of that world totally. at all. I'm trying to take away the pressure of playing from May till September, Every weekend or every right. second weekend, I'm trying to make it. And traveling going. from you know from Manitoba to Saskatchewan to back to Manitoba, like it's yeah. We were in Saskatchewan, I think five five times in August. <laughs> like there's only five <laughs> weekends in August. There's and not there a was, lot to do in Saskatchewan uh, either. Was, like <laughs> yeah, it's just just a random well, shot in Saskatchewan. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't I shouldn't have said yeah so quickly. I love Saskatchewan <laughs> too, but um, but actually, if if anything, probably what it means is that I'm I'm a little bit more sociable because like you were saying yeah. before, when you play a show, you get there, but you're working. Yeah. And people want to talk, and people want to hang out and sit right. down and, and shoot Which is great a little bit. if you had somebody else to do all their work, but that's you doing it. That's if, right. And if you ain't doing it, it ain't getting done. Right. Or the other thing is if I'm not doing it, I don't want the band to kind of be looking at, why are we working? He's just sitting there hanging out. Oh, look at him in the front of the stage yeah, and now yeah, with man. the people. And sparkles now he's got on his pants. chili fries and now, yeah, like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't have sparkles on my pants. But. Do you get chili fries though? No, actually. No, so no. look at that. You're just a pretty down-home guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even eat chili fries. No chili fries, no sparkly pants. No, no. Just Quentin Blair. Just, that's it. But but so anyways, if anything, hopefully it opens up a little bit more of an opportunity to just go and relax and have some fun. It was interesting because we went to the Morris uh, Rodeo last year. Yeah. And uh, um, the girls were showing their, their horses in the little gymkhana there. Kendra Cade's there riding. And then Kendra and I were both talking, kind of laughing, going like, we're both here, <laughs> but nobody hired us to play the Morris Rodeo. Yeah, no <laughs> like, way. Like, if there's anyone who's who's Western, it's like, <laughs> like, like it's Kendra and me who are who are Western, Western in that in that, that sort of um, yeah, and yeah. rodeo dance band world. And <laughs> You're there for a completely different we were, reason. But, but then it was actually nice because then we went for uh, you know snow cone and sat and watched the band. And Sean Burns was playing. And he's a great country act. I mean, love him, but it's just kind of funny that it's like, like, I got my horse trailer here. I got my horses here. Yeah. I could easily be here for the weekend, but I'm not. So whatever is what it is. Uh, are you looking forward to performing again around uh, southeastern Manitoba? Well, yeah, and that actually brings me to a good point I didn't even tell you about. On April the 4th, we're going to play in Randolph at the Garage. Oh, get out. That is a great venue. I know. Dan Teeson was talking to me. We, we played at the George a couple weeks ago just as a rehearsal in Winnipeg, and Dan Teeson from the Jake Breaks shows up and jumped on stage, played a few tunes, and he's like, you have all your dates announced yet? I'm like, well, pretty much. He's like, do you have anything in Steinbeck? I'm like, actually, no. Um, 
And he's like, you should do one at the Newfeld Garage. It'd be a great venue for you. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't know that. And so he's played it before. And he's <laughs> and you've kinda, driven past it how many a, times? A zillion a times. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so I went to see the venue the other night. And we're going to have uh, a little QB VIP party. Because there's only, I think, 125 tickets available there. So, so we're going to do something kind of VIP-ish. And then, um, yeah, just get that whole ball rolling. So that'll be April the 4th. And I'll get you ticket details and stuff when that all comes together, which will be, this is the announcement. This is, this is the announcement. You didn't even know I was going to announce it. Here no, it is. It was, this is you know, brand new. This is it, awesome. So April, April 4th, 4th yep. new Fell Garage, yep. take it in photo come, but yep. plan accordingly April I'm 4th. I'm sure Sean is actually on social media right now putting that all together. So um, that would be the funny part uh, to kind of see this all come together and fruition. The way that I said is so great. Uh, yep. Uh, she's on it right now. <laughs> great. She really did. I, I messaged her on the way here saying, uh, I'm just so you know I'm going to announce that show. And she's like, yeah, good, I'm on it. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. So. Uh, April 4th happens to be a Saturday too, which is really great. Yeah. That's because, uh, again, like a lot of times shows are in the middle of the week, but uh, this one gets to be on a Saturday. Is it a Saturday? Yeah, I just looked. April 2020, the 4th is a Saturday. Yeah. Let me check my calendar here real quick while we're live on the- Do you not believe my calendar? April the 3rd is the date of this show. April the 3rd. Friday, April the 3rd in Randolph, Manitoba. Friday, April the 3rd. <laughs> we just did a big announcement and you got the date a day late. I'm sure glad you you like looked it up on the web to go like or, or you're on your calendar to say what day of the week is that cuz it is definitely a Friday. Okay, so it's Friday, April the 3rd. Yes. At the New Phil Garage in Randolph. Yes. Seriously, you never change, that's and it's the, fantastic. That's why I have a team now. That's a, I'm surprised. Thank goodness. Because I just I, they didn't tell me to announce it. I just said I was going to announce it. So. Right. April 3rd. I better message Sean right away, make sure she's got the right date. Okay, you got your guitar. I'm going to get you to get that set up because I'd like to hear a song. Sure. Can we? Would you do the new one? Sure. That would be great. I'd sure. love to hear that. Sounds good. And we'll throw it in the podcast as well. So you get your guitar ready. We'll take a quick break on the Steinbeck Online podcast, and we'll be back with Quentin Blair. This is one of my favorite parts. This is, again, one of the behind-the-scenes things that Q and I were talking about earlier. He's sitting there tuning his guitar. I have perfect pitch. Okay, well, while we're doing this, we, we still got to talk a little bit because there's another subject that's kind of touchy that we have to bring up. Uh-oh. And something that, I, that you know what, I miss. Oh, me too. But we have to say goodbye to. I know. And, uh... I don't know if we're ready to quite get there yet, but uh, we're talking, of course, about the Music Minute. Yeah. It's been a staple since, what, 2012, 2011? It's got to be 2015, I bet. I don't remember. Well, it was like four four years. Actually, we probably stopped. It probably was January. You're going to, you are. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. You can hear you it clicking accuracy. around. You I do want, want accuracy. Uh, because it's, it's, it's something that we loved, but it's something that... Uh, that had to, has to go because you're just uh, it just became a time thing. Yeah, just and became a time. I know thing. how much you loved it and how much you dedicated to it, and to get those stories. It's not like you just float those stories off the top of your head. You do a lot of research for them. There's a lot of work that goes into it just to find, like, like to to write the script on it. Too. Yeah, I remember one time when when we were producing it, we used to kind of go just off the top of my head, and I'd be like, yeah. I think, I think, I think, and and you stopped me and you said. There is no think. Yes. Only no. I remember that. You're like my Yoda. <laughs> I was watching the Don Cherry 
story, and he got told that, and then that made me think of that. Uh, but yeah, you like we came such a long way because we used to record it in the, a little production studio where you would just sit there and yeah, like you said, you would go off the top of your head and just kind of go with how you felt. And I remember the first one you did was like four minutes, and <laughs> we had to trim it back a little. But then uh, you know we went into the studio and you brought your guitar and. It just kind of morphed, and then you started doing it from home in your barn, and yeah. and it I started grew. to to really dial in on um like how how much story time I had. So by the end, I'd hit record, and I'd be at two minutes and ten seconds, and that would basically mean pull out two two sentences, and then you got it. And so it was pretty pretty fun to kind of like learn your craft to the point of hitting two minutes on the nose every time. So just uh. The the one that I found the earliest is 2014. What? Yeah, we got one of of Waylon Jennings in 2014. I think you cried at that one. You know what? It was an emotional one. That was one that you cried for. You know what? But that Maybe. wasn't the first one. Kenny Rogers was the first one. Yeah, because these ones go back to December 4th of 2014. We got Eddie Rabbit. We've got uh, Waylon Jennings. Those are the ones that I that I have here in front of me. Because then we also did earlier in October. We did um, the Halloween versions of Don't Fear the Reaper, oh. which I still play every Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but that means that we were already going for months before that to get that idea at Halloween. Because yeah. I thought we started in the wintertime. Yeah, but we, yeah, but we, we were doing that before because you were around for Music Minute stuff when we, when we did the Halloween stuff. That's right. Which is crazy to think. is It's been almost six years. Yeah. Of doing the music minute. Wow. And uh, you never you never repeated yourself. We, you did maybe the artist multiple times, but you, you had different angles to each song, and yep. it, uh, it is awesome. So I you tried know to bring in some personal sides of it too, right? And, and maybe that happened maybe even a lot more at the end going, what does this song mean to me? I remember yeah. um, one of my favorite ones for kind of exploring that was uh, doing Zach Brown's Colder Weather last winter mm-hmm. and just kind of like what it's like on a, like it's probably minus 40 outside. I'm sitting in front of the fire. I got some records going, and... And I'm looking for something to kind of like to, to fill this loneliness right now. So or this, just f- this solitude, probably not loneliness, just solitude. For old time's sake, in the podcast, we'll include that uh, the Waylon Jennings one. Do you want to do the Waylon or do you want to do Eddie Rabbit? They were recorded. Um, do the Waylon one because that one, that one was like a gold standard of, of our music minute for a little while. December 4th, 2014. Yep. This is uh, yep. a throwback to the because it used to be throwback thursday music minute right yeah it wasn't right. the music minute it changed in back, time back when social media had throwback thursday <laughs> yeah and then that, we had to get with the times and go let's drop the throwback let's just drop the throwback yeah and so uh we'll, we'll include that in the podcast as kind of like a, a final farewell see you down the road to the music minute well i gotta do one more thing before that what do you before we can to? say goodbye oh. i gotta say my name is quentin blair and that's your music minute mr wayland arnold jennings most people call him Waylon. He's a king in the outlaw country music world, and we almost lost him before his career even started. You may not know that he was a bass player touring with Buddy Holly in 1959. They were on the road, and, and the buses that they had weren't well equipped for the, the players in the band, and, and they were getting sick, and the flu was rampant. And Buddy Holly decided to charter a plane from Clear Lake, Iowa to Moorhead, Minnesota to let the guys with the flu kind of recover the guys who were healthy decided that they would take the bus. Well, Jennings had a spot on the plane, but he gave it up to one of the guys who was a little bit more sick. And wouldn't you know it, that night that plane crashed. 
just six miles north of uh, Clear Lake, Iowa. And we know that now as the day that the music died in uh, respect for Buddy Holly and the musicians and, and the crew that went down that day. So Waylon had a hard time getting past that. And in the 1970s, he joined the outlaw country music movement. And he, he joined that movement because Nashville kept on trying to change his image and tell him what to do and what not to do. And, and he didn't like that. And he had, a, he had a distinct sound that was coming from his time spent in Phoenix, Arizona, and then in, in Nashville and in Texas. So bridging that whole spectrum of music together created his unique sound. Uh, he had a beard that was recognizable and I'm a guy who's always going to talk about that if he can. He was actually in the hospital uh, with hepatitis and uh, he grew a beard because he wasn't shaving while he's in the hospital and he came out and his manager said and don't shave that beard and he didn't and it became kind of the staple in the face of uh, of outlaw country music for decades to come and you'll continue to see it even uh, nowadays guys come out of Nashville and try to be the outlaw through their image but they're not truly that at their hearts so 2001, Waylon Jennings was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and in true outlaw fashion, declined the invitation to show up. So here he is, uh, good old boy, an outlaw himself, singing the theme from Dukes of Hazard. Waylon Jennings. I'm Quentin Blair with your Throwback Thursday Music Minute. Well, Q, that, was, uh, that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. That was 2014? That was 2014. We that had was, it together pretty early. I like that. That is probably take... Seven or eight, because we were not that smooth. <laughs> How long was that, though? About a uh, minute and a half. Really, hey? Well, let's see. Hold it on. It seemed like it ran a bit long. Two and a half minutes, sorry. Two and a half. Yeah, Two yeah. Two and a half. See, that, that kind of internal instinct of knowing when to shut it down. <laughs> I probably could have shut it down at the beard comment. My favorite part was how you're all deep, and, and all of a sudden, and he had a beard? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we went a long way with that. It was a whole lot of fun. And we can't thank you enough for sharing so many with us. And, and like you said, the personal stories, whether it was with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, uh, the relationship you have with that band and the connection you have with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, of course, we remember the one about the road trip and, and hearing that story. And uh, just the love you have for the music. One of my favorites was when you got frustrated at a song and you actually threw a pen because you were mad at Florida Georgia Line for hit number one, <laughs> and uh, this the particular song only hit it like number eleven or something. So That's you got right. mad. Yeah, that was uh. There's you had some really great That's moments. Hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. We, we'll st- we still play them every now and again, and uh, we got to redo the Halloween I think for the next year. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for doing the music minute for Man, as long it. Was, as you did. It was an absolute honor, and and keep in mind too that uh, that you were the. You were the vision, you were the producer, you were the ear, the, the sounding board all the time. So I, I appreciate what you did for me too. It was a whole lot of fun and I'm glad that I got to go out in uh, in Portage and in, in Winkler as well and they got mm-hmm. to experience it and I think uh, a lot of people got to appreciate it, which yep. is really cool. Absolutely. Uh, all right, you got the guitar all tuned up? I sure do. All right, yeah. so uh, what are we going to do here? Because we're going we're gonna to spin something to me. Yeah. And let's, yeah. Uh, can we do a, uh, can we do like an actual, like, because you do home concerts and I think that is so cool. Yeah. And so, like, for people that's never attended a home concert, I know they're more. I think they're more up north, right? No, no, they're everywhere do you, now. Do they do them everywhere? Well, I do now? them everywhere. That is so cool. Because yeah. a home concert, it, it's so awesome. Like you can have the fireplace in the background, and you have like even if it's like it's just you or do you. Depends on the number of people that are there. Because so you sitting down and playing a song, there's nothing like it. Basically, what ends up happening a house concert is, um, you invite your friends to come and play. Or to come to come and listen, we sit in your living room. However many people you think we can cram in, and I promise you, we can cram in more than you think you can. <laughs> you look around, you go, ah, I could probably fit 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 fifteen people here, and I'm like, 
We could fit 30 to 40 here, no problem. <laughs> you could just size up a living room Absolutely. now just by looking at it, eh? Yeah, and, and what it what's supposed to happen is it's kind of the same show that you'd get if you went to see uh, a show at, say, the Walker Theater or, or the Concert Hall or something like that, where it's like very classy, very intimate. You can hear the stories. It's not about a dance floor. It's yeah. not about a party. I think intimate is the perfect word for it. But people don't go to shows anymore. No. So what happens is artists bring the shows to them. And one kind of curveball that I throw into it is that when whenever I get called to play these house shows, um, I cook as well. So it's called a meet and greet, as in <laughs> M-E-A-T. That is so cool. What do you cook? I'll usually make like a pulled pork or something that's kind of portable that I can totally take with and me. And that I, everybody generally likes. Yeah, and then, and then everyone else kind of like, uh, you know, Two people bring dessert and two people bring other stuff. It's kind of like a potluck, actually. When really? It it's together. like a, just a family potluck yep. with Uncle Q sitting down Uncle, with the guitar. Yep. And uh, cook, that is so cook cool. Cook dinner and then I'll sit around and play the guitar. And uh, it's, it's like, it's honestly, it's my favorite way to play music. And all this like million dollar initiative stuff where we're playing um, community halls and rural arenas and stuff like that. My favorite way to play is still a house concert. And because it's so simple, it's like I tune up my guitar and I play and I tell you stories. And I see how you react to them. Yeah, and people are engaged. And they're the, not sitting at a table like in the back whispering or not yeah. even whispering, having full-on conversations. Absolutely. Which every artist experiences. Yep. This, these house concerts, you know, like they're they're very cool. Well, and it, it allows you to kind of like just have a whole different experience. There's no set list. Yeah. There's no agenda. It's just kind of like I'll start playing. I'll see what happens. Yeah. And you take so, requests as well? Yeah, totally. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's just kind of, but I can't always play them. I'll try them. <laughs> but the nice part is that it's a house concert. Like, like, um, who cares if I if I don't nail it? Sure. Like, we're there. We're all getting a laugh out of it. I'm laughing too. Right. Going, I tried. I didn't get it. So it's it's just a very honest way to go and be a musician. And so there's a whole there's another angle coming on that in my mind that never stops kind of planning and working. Um, and just I'll say it out loud so you can just dig yourself into another hole here. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be September 2021 by the time that one comes around. So we okay. got to get this this uh, first initiative off the ground here first and, and see where it goes. <laughs> but um, no, there is there is another announcement coming involving a lot of house concerts. So very cool. Uh, I like how the little hamster on your wheel never really stops. Yeah, spinning. It never stops. <laughs> but All right. Typically, what I'll do that I'll, I'll set this up in, in kind of this funny way. Okay. So. When I play the house concerts and when I play the song Something to Me, I'll usually tell a bit of a story, kind of prepping it and teeing it all up and stuff. And, and, and I'll tell people, that get, like, when you're a songwriter and a musician, you try to get your songs on the radio. Sometimes you have luck with it, sometimes you don't. But the, the most lucrative way to get your song on the radio or the most lucrative station would be the CBC, the National Network. If you can get your song on there, that's a paycheck. And of all the songs I've ever written, this is the only song to air coast to coast on CBC. And it's a song about Landmark. And it was the first time I moved to Landmark. I bought a house. It was my first house. I felt like a man. I was standing on my driveway. It was like beginning of October. I took a breath. And then I walked inside and I wrote my first love song for Landmark. And it goes like this. It's a chilly fall night, soon to bring winter's fright, with the musk of manure that's hanging in the air. 
I breathe way down deep as my clothes start to reek. And I close my eyes as the wind blows my hair. It doesn't take long till I choke in my chest. This is a place where they'll lay me to rest. Not a hill for miles, big manure piles. This is land that I love. And that is a love song for Landmark. <laughs> the only song that I've ever written that's aired coast to coast across Canada. <laughs> and it's you got to crowbar the word manure in there. And I, and actually, I even had uh, it was a part of a part of a um, regionalization of music program that they were running. Going, we want to hear songwriters from different areas that are writing something, whatever. And so I submitted this song, and then they had Murray McLaughlin, the guy who wrote the Farmer's song back in the seventies. Yeah, uh, he had to critique the song. Oh, that... Uh, Live on the air. He had to hear it and then talk about it. How was that for you, hearing just, him? Well, he just stumbled along going, wow, is that all there is to sing about Landmark? And I guess <laughs> I kind of took that as as now i got to up the game. And so then I wrote this new song called Something to Me, and this is also about Landmark, but much more poetic and much better. <laughs> much does better it have the word manure in it? It does not have the word manure in well, it. Well, I hope it is just as good as what we just heard. Yeah. You, would you play it for us for the sure, podcast? Sure, absolutely. You see the sun come up and go back down Don't even need to get out of town To watch that red burn right through day and into night And now where a drifter's heart runs wild Lose himself out there in the open miles You can't shake that kind of loss Try as you might when that springtime green turns gold, I'll be packing up to go down that one long, lonesome road to where good corn and hearts both grow. No, there ain't that much to see, but all that nothing means something to me. Something about seeing those empty plains Washing my sins away like a summer rain Helps me find the man who's living underneath That silver-kissed weed in the moonlight Puts a restless soul in the spotlight Till it shines like the star he was always meant to be It's a diamond in the rough Ain't too far, but it's far enough Down that one long, lonesome road To where good corn and hearts both grow No, there ain't that much to see But all that nothing means something About this wandering alone, it's a lot like going home. 
Down the head of one long, lonesome road To where good corn and hearts both grow No, there ain't that much to see Except everything And all that nothing means something Means something to me. That is some kind of beautiful, man. Thank you, my friend. You know what? I got to tell you, I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're an underrated guitar player. Thank you. That is that's really really well done uh, musically. Thank you. Like I I think people appreciate your like for one when they go to shows they expect jokes cuz uh, <laughs> you got the sense of humor thing. So uh but you're a very underrated guitar player I think. Thank you. So that is uh that's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that here today. Thank you. I end up hiring uh some real, you know, gunslingers so I don't have to play that much. Then. But you know what? I think if you, you know, in a show if you did uh like a fast like, cuz there's an upbeat version of that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no, that one. That one is the. That was the slow one. Yeah, that is so great. Yeah. I, I I picture you sitting on a stool, the spotlight just on you. Yeah. And you sing that song. Yeah. No, but thank you. You're not the first person to to say that I should play more guitar. You, you I think you really, yeah, you definitely should. Yeah. And uh, I could see you, you know, playing that at the center of Canada, and uh, right by that oh, really good mural. Oh, when do we do that? You know what? <laughs> you got to come by 107 more. No doubt. <laughs> Man, we shot the music video for that in my pasture with my horses kind of walking around or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of cool, but you're right. We should do another one. Th- there was, there's literal, they built literally something at the center of Canada. <laughs> I, actually, wouldn't that be in front of like like five years ago, to that, like that little brown dilapidated sign? Yeah. <laughs> play in front of that right on the highway as hard as cars are going yeah. by. <laughs> maybe people that looking would, back wondering what the heck you're doing. Maybe that would be the music video. Stand on the shoulder. There you go. Singing as cars are ripping by you on number one by that little sign. <laughs> yeah, people would throw uh, the loonies and toonies at you eventually too. I That'd be great. we're going to do that. Uh, tell us how we can uh, follow you on social medias and follow your initiative raising a million dollars for rural uh, communities in Manitoba. Everything is hashtag or everything is at Quinton Blair, and then that hashtag that you can be a part of is in for a mill, um, and that's that's it. So Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are our three social medias. And nothing more, sh- nothing less. And you got a show coming up at the Met. Show coming up April 29th at the Met in Winnipeg. Tickets are at Ticketmaster for that one, and then the show April the third in Randolph as. The QB VIP shop party will be um, available online, and we'll find some local retailers too to, to help push. And I hope uh, you'll come back in closer to that, and we can do uh, another thing like we did here today. Yeah, and we'll get the date right. Yeah, let's get the well. Uh, you'll get the date right. <laughs> I saved the day. You did. You did. I save don't the mean day. to pat my own back, but I saved the day by looking up the day. So yay! Uh, didn't mean for all that to rhyme, <laughs> but it did. And my name is Dave. It's also a rhyme. See, look at that. That's why you're a writer. Underrated songwriter, too, Q. Let me tell you. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Best of luck in your initiative. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of it and uh, uh, letting 107 uh, follow you on your journey. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for all the support.